When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Imagine the marshmallow man. His shoelaces yeah. were, were like all over underneath, <laughs> the, <laughs> underneath this log. I imagine him in Crocs, so this metaphor isn't tracking for me. The Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Science, the show that breaks down the science of television and movies with a comedian and a scientist. Today, we're discussing Evolve. So I'll ask about space travel, giraffes, and graying out in a fighter jet. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and I've got two fascinating guests joining me today. My first guest is a New York-based comedian who hosts the Potterhood podcast and the Unapologetic podcast presented by Ball is Life. Welcome to the show, Will Posnan. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, Will. Happy to have you. Thanks for being here. I'm excited to uh, to learn even more about how animals are going to take us to through a like a wormhole or whatever, save humanity. Yeah, that's that's actually weirdly accurate because you're right. Evolve. We're we're going from topic to topic. We're talking about space travel. We're talking about animals. Uh, if you guys haven't seen Evolve, it's on Curiosity Stream. And the host is our next guest. Is it okay with you if I introduce him, Will? Oh, yes, please do. Okay, fantastic. I'm going to ask for your permission for everything today. If I, is it okay if I have some coffee? Uh, yes, I'm going to give you a blank check. So just anticipate that no matter <laughs> what you ask for, I'm going to sign off on it. That's great. I've been waiting my whole life so I'm going to say that. Okay, so yes, my second guest is a biologist, a documentary filmmaker. He's author of 30 Animals That Made Us Smarter and the host of the miniseries we're discussing today, Curiosity Streams Evolve. Welcome to the show, Patrick A. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much, Ethan and Will, for having me. Uh, pleasure to join you on the show today. Oh, my God. I'm delighted to have you. I'm sure I speak for Will when I say that. I take full credit for you being here, Patrick. Oh, really? What's the story? you got to give me the rundown. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'm a guest just like you. It's like you went to the dinner party and you just started thanking other guests for you being invited. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want credit for anything. Then I can get blamed later. So I'll happily sit in the back here. Um, so, Patrick, listen, uh, I watched, as I think Will did, episode one of Evolve. Right. Uh, I watched it yesterday. I just absolutely loved it. Mm. You know, I, I wanted to mention in specific the way that some nature programs will use CGI can be a little bit 
unnecessary or simply lame, to be honest with you. And I thought your show was so fun, so engaging. And then, boom, the frosting on top is like a little sprinkle of CGI to help highlight a point. Yeah. It was truly awesome. I, I can't wait to watch the rest of it. So I just want to say congratulations on the show. It's it's so good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's great to see it finally out. Um, we put in a lot of hard work into making the show. Uh, we were filming during... Um, COVID. So you can imagine the the amount of protocols, the amount of extra time, testing, you're trying to safeguard the crew, safeguard, safeguard contributors, while still trying to be in the wild and make a wildlife documentary film, plus make a science documentary film, because it's kind of two shows in one, really. Actually, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's a wildlife show, it's a science show, and it's like a travel adventure show. <laughs> so <laughs> you should like, you should see these bags under my eyes, bro, like for real. Patrick, you you went to several different countries, and uh, at, at first, I, I, I believe in Namibia, you were you were showing us about the the giraffes, an animal that I've always loved, and I did not know what you were telling us in this episode about their blood pressure and about their huge heart. So, can you tell us a little bit about what makes the giraffe so damn weird, and if possible, sprinkle in a little bit of your famous American accent. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we managed to get to Namibia to film these giraffes. Um, and you asked what makes giraffes so dang weird. Um, <laughs> and it's it's the fact that they are, the should I give it a go? It's the fact that they are the tallest animal on the planet. <laughs> and they kind of look like something out of Jurassic Park. <laughs> wow. I don't know how good that is. Probably destroyed your accent <laughs> no perfect that was so good now patrick do you do you agree with that yeah uh, they 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 are super strange and kind of odd because their whole body plan and shape has been stretched out um and and the reason that they are so tall is because it means that they don't have to compete with other herbivores for food so so they typically feed on like acacia trees which have these thorns but they've adapted like really leathery tongues that can get round those thorns and and get the leaves off um but very few if i i think no other mammal can compete with a giraffe so in terms of its food source it secured that because it's got this super super long neck right which is about 6 feet tall um and they do genuinely, like to me, there are a couple of animals out there that look like they do belong in a Jurassic Park movie. You've got, I think, the Akapi, even rhinos to a certain extent look like they, they're from a prehistoric age, alligators and crocodiles, and giraffes for me are certainly one of them. Um, and, and they are just, they are incredible. So like when you see them on the horizon, you're like, whoa, a giraffe. And then someone pointed out a, uh, they're like, oh, look, a baby giraffe. And I looked around. And I was like, no, that looks like an adult. <laughs> it's huge. Um, still a huge giraffe. For real. For real. Do you think that they evolved to get that height? Like, did they start out somewhat, you know, horse-esque and then just slowly get taller and taller? Or did they just spawn from the dirt mm. tall as hell? So, okay. Um, I'm going to have to attempt to uh, engage my university molecular biology, molecular and cellular biology brain. Um, but that is... Accessing that, information yeah. now. This is the furthest <laughs> part of his brain from his American accent part of his brain. <laughs> yeah, his cables are all switched up. 
Literally. We really got this guy on his toes. <laughs> so, yeah, I literally like that. When did I leave uni? That was in 2007. So that's um, what, uh, 10, 13, 14 years ago. Um, coming up 15. Yeah, math also so. not your strong suit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, like in, you're asking about how the giraffe uh, evolved to have such a long neck. According to Charles Darwin, if an animal evolves a certain trait that is beneficial to that species, <clears throat> as long as it doesn't give them a disadvantage, then that trait is li is likely to to um, be conserved through the generations. Basically, if your parents have a really advantageous uh, a gene um, or, or quality trait, then it's going to be passed on to the children and the next generation, next generation. Quick question. So there's foliage everywhere. So can can are you saying that giraffes, long necks, 100% sexual selection? That's what you're saying. I think that that's my theory is that the long necks, it's 100% giraffe magazines propagating an image. The other giraffes buy into it. Whoa. That's, I don't know. That's, that's where I'm going with this. Big giraffe media. <laughs> yeah, giraffe media. I'm going to get onto that. I think it's a combination of natural selection and sexual selection, which I believe are slightly different. Um, so, uh, with with, the, with those long necks, they, of course, there's you know, like you said, there's vegetation everywhere, but the veg there's a point where no other animal can reach the vegetation at the top. So there's the down here in the kind of mid range, mm -hmm. they're competing with with other animals um, uh, on the savanna. But any of those giraffes, are kind of over thousands and millions of years that potentially had a slightly longer neck and a slightly longer neck and a slightly longer neck were able to feed without having competition from other animals so those genes those, mm. those animals would be more successful so it's more likely that their offspring and their offspring would have the genes or the combination of different genes that you need to have a longer neck now back onto sexual selection the giraffes do use their necks for something super weird, super crazy that that scientists and biologists call necking, right? So they use their necks to actually fight. Like imagine um, Mike Tyson, like like stepping into the ring and like all of a sudden growing this huge long neck and just boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom, boom. It's, <laughs> it's literally like that. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Now, it's in the video, and it's crazy because they don't just start with a jab. They literally start with this wind-up, why I oughta, and then they hit each other. It's a giraffe neck haymaker. It's really fun to watch, but kind of terrifying. Yeah, for real. Like, there are, if, for any of your viewers that are listening and watching this, um, <clears throat> literally just type in giraffe necking into YouTube, and, and you'll see what we're talking about. They use their horns, which are technically not... Uh, they are horns or horn-like structures um, uh, called ossicones uh, to sw they swing their necks and then their head, which is about 30 kilograms, which is like the weight of a small child, boom, goes straight into the neck of the other male. Um, and the one that gets knocked out <clears throat> has to has to scarper and the one that wins uh, gets gets all the ladies. Damn. Pretty cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go, back to the show about science. Okay, well, listen, I could easily talk to you for the full hour about giraffes getting mm. ladies. <laughs> uh, no problem. 
But I really was fascinated by this uh, frog, North American wood frog, I believe uh, it was called, that That's right. kills itself, essentially, and then wakes back up. So can you tell me a little bit about this frozen frog guy? For sure. I'll tell you about the frozen frog. I just want to maybe, if it's okay, just spend two minutes to wrap up on that giraffe thought. If that's Absolutely okay, not. Absolutely not, Patrick. I'm dictating what's happening here. Stop taking control of my show. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, please, please tell me about the giraffe. Because <laughs> we got so excited talking about the giraffes. But, uh, you know, th- yeah. this, show, this show is about biomimicry. So we are... Uh, which is essentially the study of looking to Mother Nature. Um, life's been around for about 3.8 billion years uh, and has had to come up with all sorts of solutions to a whole host of problems. So for 3.8 billion years, nature has been basically this, we've got this, this what I like to call this, um, these ancient blueprints, Mother Nature's blueprints, which, you know, it, it, in all essence, it's like a research, a free research and development lab. <clears throat> and humanity has been on this planet in our most technologically advanced age, even for such a slither of of the Earth ex- Earth's existence, so it makes sense to look towards nature um, to see what solutions they can come up with. And in the case of the giraffes, they're able to regulate their blood flow really well to avoid things like the, their their blood draining from their head and pooling in their legs. Right, super tight skin around their legs, super tight skin around their neck, special valves in their veins and arteries to maintain that blood pressure. Also to help when they put their heads down, what happens to their head? Like surely all that blood wants to rush down and <laughs> kind of something out of Men in Black, you know, um, and just see this head like explode. Um, but again, they're, 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 the way that their body plan it, it, and, and anatomy and physiology um, has evolved over time, they, they're able to regulate that blood flow so that doesn't happen. Same thing is uh, the same kind of principle is 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 trying to be used um, by a company called uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but they've developed this this thing called a giraffe suit. Um, and essentially, it is you know similar to a typical G suit, which compresses parts of your body to encourage blood to stay in your head. If you lose blood as you're pulling G's on a on a fighter jet, you know going really fast. We've seen Top Gun and all those amazing uh, fighter jet movies. And and when they when they make certain turns and make certain maneuvers, they're they're they're, they're increasing the, the 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 level of G on their body, which forces fluid blood to drain out of their head um, sometimes upwards as well which isn't good depending if you're experiencing negative g and so with these giraffe suits looking towards uh, the giraffes and how they manage their blood flow you're now able to compress the human body and encourage blood to stay in in in, in the brain so you can stay conscious whilst you're flying this really fast uh, jet and i got the i had the fortune of being able to experience that for myself which was definitely one of like you know experience of a lifetime. I've always wanted to be in a jet and, and feel what that G feels like. And um, at, at the end, I got to say, I remember the the pilot got out and uh, he was talking to the sound guy, but I could overhear him. He was like, you know what? I was trying to make him pass out, but I had to stop because I was passing out. <laughs> I was like, Chip, hey, I can hear you. <laughs> so he was really trying to put me through um, through the ringer. Um, but we had a great experience. I managed four Gs without the suit, and then with the suit, I gained that extra one G. So we managed to get up to five and I couldn't even lift my hands at one point. So, um, you know, a really amazing experience and, and, and a great example of how we're learning from uh, Mother Nature. Yeah, the the craziest part about that sequence to me was that you seem to be having a great time. 
And I would be so scared. I would be flipping out that you said, like, you literally were saying, like, oh, yeah, I grayed out there a little bit. Ha 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 ha. What happened there? How were you not panicking? I don't even know what that means to gray out. You lost color. You lost your vision, color vision. Well, that's, that's the confidence of the draft suit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's because, you know, if I was wearing a giraffe suit, I would just have the confidence of a giraffe. But he wasn't even in the he wasn't even in the suit. He was just up there purposefully unplugging his suit and trying to pass out. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm not going to make excuses for him anymore. This guy's crazy. He's a wild card. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. So let me put it this way. Like I describe myself as like um, uh, a thrill seeker at heart. and I've always sought out new experiences. Uh, I came from a background and family life where we didn't have many of those opportunities. So once you know, once the door opens, I want to do it for myself. I want to do it for my family to tell them about those experiences, share those experiences with, with them. But also, I'm kind of like the person in the hot seat that's living it vicariously for all the viewers. Um, so I just love those those experiences. I also learned how to skydive recently. So like for me, I just want to get myself like well into it. And I've always loved Top Gun. Um, I actually wanted to be a pilot, fighter pilot and then an astronaut when I was a kid. So I've always been interested in, in I've seen so many documentaries of people in these high intensity G situation, situations. And, um, and so I've, I've actually practiced at home what you're meant to do. So you can, you can actually do this yourself. If you, if you just sit uh, at your seat and if you, if you tense your legs, like tense those legs and you're kind of creating like a, like a, like a bit of pressure in your torso which then is forcing the blood out of your legs. <laughs> Ethan's just like, literally. <laughs> you're just, ball, I'm you? just imagining people doing this just to like feel something, just to feel right. some thrill. Oh, all of the listeners are already neck fighting right now. They're all listening while neck fighting <laughs> each other. So this is like a step in the direction of pacifism for them to just almost pass out. Okay, cool. This is how they relax. But yeah, that it, it it was quite um quite the experience, and you know whether it's doing that, whether it's uh, at one point I was um on uh, sat on the back of a of a bull shark, um or whether it's having a cheetah coming up to me and licking my hand, like holding a peringi's adder, which is one of the most venomous snakes um in the world, uh, and I love get I love those experiences. You know when when would you ever get to do that in your lifetime and i can come on a show like this and tell you guys about it listen hopefully for me never uh very scared of all of that stuff but i thank you for your service because it is really entertaining and informative to watch you do it i'll watch you do it all the time that sounds great i don't even want to go on a roller coaster anymore i'm done i would have gotten nervous talking to the lady about seals i would have been like does she like me Ida was awesome, you know. That was great. So, so uh, I know you want to talk about the wood frog, Ethan. But yeah. I, I've got to say, like, one of the things that I was really pleased with with this show was that we were able to to have a bit of a, a a bit more of a mix than you typically see when it comes to representation on screen, both with race and with age and with gender. Yes. In the case with the with the seals, uh, with the Cape Fur seals that we we're filming in in Namibia, um, we got to uh, I got to spend some time with with Ida, who is a marine biologist, um, a Namibian marine biologist, and I, I, maybe one of the first that's actually been on screen. So I, I literally just went onto her Instagram wow. um, 
profile two days ago and she is so gassed up she is like literally buzzing like all the scientists that she knows in namibia are like oh my god we've got a namibian scientist on screen um and so you know i, I love getting to meet people wow. like that you know like people who are who are um excited uh, who have energy who work in the field of science but also like a bit of an adventure to show to people at home and like aspiring kids like science is freaking cool um and you get to have all these amazing adventures and 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 just to be able to inspire people man that's that's super dope yeah i was definitely inspired i thought ida ruled um and the just seeing i think it was like 150,000 cape fur seals on that uh, that beach you were on was so stunning and unbelievable and then that woman you spoke with about the fungi about the hyphae i believe it was called or uh is that am i saying that right yeah yeah for sure i um I, was it that was wild season? to me we're doing everything we can to avoid the woodland frogs but we're gonna get there but <laughs> in regards to the fungi huge teaser you you should you should not like you that i watched that fungi or the whole episode but the fungi section immediately after watching don't look up and that fungi section is about how yeah. a fungi plant cocktail, like basically blending these fungi and plants into bricks, is our only chance at colonizing Mars. So if you watch that section right after watching a movie about the world exploding, you're literally like walking around nature like, well, I guess it's up to you, fungi. <laughs> after we destroy the planet, you're, you're our only hope at a new one. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, so I linked up with... Um... A lady called Lynn Boddy. She's a professor of fungal ecology at, at Cardiff University. And um, and we got along like super well. And, and it was really interesting to kind of see her, um, like why she's so passionate about fungi. And like on, on the surface, quite literally, funguses are just like these, what you see as mushrooms um, or these stacks uh, coming out of wood, like you see in, in, in the episode. Um, but that's literally just the tip of the iceberg. And most of the fungus exists either in the material or in the soil. And so we lift up this log. Um, and I'd never actually done this before. We lifted up this log and she was like, can you see all these these white threads? They almost look like um, marshmallow shoelaces. If you can imagine, imagine the marshmallow man, his shoelaces yeah. were, were like all over underneath, <laughs> the, <laughs> underneath this log. I imagine him in Crocs, so this metaphor isn't tracking for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah super, super fashionable, trendy Crocs. We... <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually thought that one of the, the biggest and largest organisms on the planet is a fungus which is in a national park in the state of Oregon. Biggest organism, single organism on the planet, um, which is which is literally mind-boggling when you think about it. But that kind of got us onto this um, onto this conversation and research into like what could you know fungus has been around for millions of years. How what 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 potential do they have when it comes to um, biomimicry? Uh, and it turns out that because of their structure, they're just super light, super strong. You can, there's, there's a company in, uh, uh, that is doing some research in Namibia. I think it's a multinational company uh, or initiative that is looking at how we can um, use fungus, grow fungus, but then you kind of 
crush it with, I'm trying to remember what they crushed it with, with, with some other substrate. You heat it up and compress it. And effectively, they came up with these bricks that were not only um, porous, so they would allow for air to, to kind of not freely move, but like a gentle um, uh, oscillation, a gentle flowing of air through those bricks. But they were actually stronger than existing what we would call breeze block, the kind of gray blocks that they use in construction. So not only have you got material that's lighter, stronger, um, is biodegradable, sustainable, like it's it's like this wonder material. Again, just like re kind of wiring our brains to think about what do we actually need in the future to achieve the goals that we want to achieve, whether it's to do with conservation or sustainability, um, and looking at towards Mother Nature for those answers. Wow, that's so. That's like alien tech. It's like that's like Marvel uh, vibranium you're describing. That's really really wild. In the short term, it's so majestic, but 180 years from now, they're going to be making a Dave and Buster's on Mars out of these, and it's going to lose a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really sad to get your Starbucks yeah. in, in uh, your, mushroom your mushroom cup yeah. at Starbucks. Uh, so yeah, what's up with this frog? Everybody's been talking about it. Oh, really? I had no idea. <laughs> but, but, but this, yeah, this, um, the wood frog is one of the few animals that has the, um, awesome ability to, um, to, to be frozen and literally thaw out and come back to life. Now, for some people, they like, you know, on, on first kind of, when you when you first hear this story, you might have two reactions. The first, which is like, wow, amazing. But you could easily ask, well, what's so fascinating about that? It froze, and now it's thawed out, and now it's alive. Um, and the question to ask yourself is why we can't do that as humans. And so what happened, like, you know, if you were to put like a, a strawberry or grape or some berries into the freezer, freeze them, and then let them thaw out, you, you notice they're slightly more mushy than they were when they first went in. And that's because when things freeze, water, which is in those organisms, expands. So ice expands when it, uh, water expands when it freezes and turns into ice. And in that process of expanding, you burst the cells of the organism. Um, so if you do that with humans, we'd literally like, you'd thaw us out and we'd just be like, like pretty mushy. Um, and yeah, all your Ugh. cells would have burst and, and, and lies. And so you, 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 you just don't exist anymore. You're not non-functional. Um, but the wood frog has a particular set of compounds and molecules in its, uh, in its blood. I guess you could call it an antifreeze that protects the cell from wow. the cells in its body from bursting. So literally it slowly freezes, freezes, and then as it thaws out, but it, but its cells are protected. You like my free frozen? <laughs> um, I love that. Wow. Sub-zero on the program. <laughs> yeah. And um and so but then when it when it when it warms up again, these frogs fall out and because each of their cells have been protected by these uh, by the, by essentially this this internal antifreeze, um it it comes back to life. And so the thought process is that can we you know, looking at this organism, it's 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 not a single cell organism. It's a multicellular, complex organism. What can we learn from those wood frogs when it comes to developing cryogenics? Now, like 
I'm I love the, the the whole concept of cryogenics. I'm a massive fan of Demolition Man. If you guys remember that with uh, Wesley Snipes. Oh yeah. And Sylvester Stallone. Love that movie. Um, yes. So you, there are so many different iterations of cryogenic freezing in, in different sci-fi movies, um, but in reality, it's like a it's a technology that's. At, at, at it's like fledgling stages if that but potentially the wood frog we've got this animal so maybe if we looked at what those compounds molecules are um maybe we could find something analogous similar to that which we could actually inject into our bodies like and and use for long distance space travel you could actually put all that that antifreeze synthesize um an antifreeze that was suitable for the human body we'd have to figure out like what happens to the actual mind would you like mentally would you still be there like even if your body was potentially right um, so you'd enter into this this machine and you'd have yourself all plugged up with all the right kind of bits of gear and then you'd slowly have your heart rate drop you'd cool down and then this antifreeze would run through your body and then you'd slowly freeze Ooh. and then whether you know that that um that journey across space we're not talking about from earth to mars we're talking about from from our solar system to another solar system uh which i believe in our fastest rocket would take about 10,000 years or something like that maybe longer yeah um, easy so you know you'd be frozen for hundreds if not thousands of years uh and it sounds super far fetched but again the planet is this amazing research and development laboratory which we can look towards and there is proof there's evidence of a quite a big complex animal that can be frozen and come back to life when it when it thaws out so um yeah you never know like an, an amazing and you sure. you to me you seem like the kind of guy that would be down to do that my brain is already pretty much mush so i think <laughs> if i was thawed out I wouldn't stand a chance at being me anymore. But I, I do I do estimate that if they said, No, this does really work, we have proof, we've done it on humans, would you would would you want to be frozen for like a thousand years and then thaw out and see where we're at? All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. The break is over. Here we go, back to the show about science. You know what? That would be a very interesting but also a kind of scary prospect. Imagine a human. But you love scary. From, you're up there high fiving when you're passing out. I like a thrill. Scary, like I'm not a Short fan of scary movies. Thrill. <laughs> yeah, little little thrills, cool, and then back to normality. You know. Um, but let's let's think about that. Let let's explore that. Well, I, I have kids, so I, I'm, I'm not going to go get frozen for 10,000 years. That'd be pretty irresponsible. Like, I have a two-year-old and a four-month-old. I can't really – oh, yeah, I'll just – you know, they get frozen too? I mean, you know what? Actually, that's interesting. They don't get frozen, but you get to meet your, you know, great-great-great-great-grandkids maybe. That's kind of cool. Who hate me for abandoning their – that's the only thing that they pass on from today. You know, if we all get frozen and I can yeah. just dump my kids on a robot babysitter, I'm with it. But if I just get to find <laughs> out that my ancestors hate me for getting frozen to – yeah, I'm not doing that. The, the government, the science, uh, the community will provide you a robot babysitter and your family will be told that you had no choice. We kidnapped you and threw you into this frozen vat. So everything's cool. Yeah, but even just that 
that 10 minutes where you wake up next to Walt Disney, I'm not with that either. So I think I'm going to pass on being frozen. Uh, Patrick, what do you think? Uh, It's a tricky one. Um, I mean, uh, let's do this two ways. Let's look at it one way and and then maybe the other. Um, Imagine a human being who, or a a collective of human beings who are frozen um, in the year 1022. um, And they suddenly find themselves here in 2022. Um, I think they'd have a really hard time um, and I'm going to get like a, a, a bit deep here, but like kind of conceptually and experientially and maybe even there, like, like on a consciousness level, like you're looking around, everything is different. There, there are these huge metal birds flying above and people are on these devices and looking at each other. Like what's happened like to the world, you know, that, so I think that yeah. if you look at it from that perspective, it'd be pretty scary for someone coming from a thousand years ago just landing poof they're here um on the flip side if we were to freeze ourselves now wake up in 3022 um i think we kind of have a i'd like to think that we we're, we're kind of semi prepared for that because we're starting to talk about quite a lot of technologically advanced things nowadays and um but i think it would still be it, it would be quite intense for sure i know it'd be cool though wouldn't it it'd be, it'd be like something out of futurama be like uh, fry yeah <laughs> that's right It'd be super well, how cool. many... and I have a feeling just from oh, oh sorry I was just going to say how many Where's other it? people are going to be frozen with you too because then you also have to weigh mm. the fact of like are you the token sure. frozen guy from the past who everybody wants to talk to about frozen stuff but then there's celebrity that comes with that too it's like how Tom Hanks is the only person you want to hear talk about World War II you're that for the 90s for every for, right yeah yeah i don't yeah. know that's tough that's also tough i think just from the conversation though it seems to me like you might have to decide for a few days do some research patrick about being frozen for a thousand years but if i told you you were being frozen for like 30 years you would just be like oh yeah sure whatever let's go yeah uh, 30 years that might be a bit weird i'd probably just go full thousand <laughs> yeah yeah, the, the, skip, skip to the, a thousand. Thirty years Why gets bother? a bit weird. It gets a bit weird, you know. And um, yeah, yeah. but but I I reckon like like a thousand years. If I could go with like a hundred people, if I could handpick a hundred people from planet yeah. Earth, like right now, I'd probably. You do can. It. I'm I'd, I'm I'd allowing that. That's fine. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Awesome. Um, okay, listen, we're running out of time. Uh, cool. You both are heroes for for doing this show. I thank you so much. Um, Will, uh, if there's something you want to tell people about, uh, now's the time where people can find you. Obviously, you got your podcasts, uh, but yeah, the floor is yours, my friend. Uh, the Potterhood <laughs> Podcast is a, is a great Harry Potter podcast. Uh, what do you think about the heat chances? What are, what are we, how, how are we looking right now? I'm from Miami. Well, I'm so I'm from uh, Maryland, and I'm a big Kevin Durant fan. He's from Maryland too, so I'm I'm rooting for the Nets. But I mean, the Heat has wow. the Heat are a great team. Um, they okay. have all of the uh, all of the like fight of a particularly long neck giraffe. Like they're bullies. They want to beat up on anyone smaller than them, um, and you really <laughs> got to stand toe to toe with them to have a chance of beating them. How'd I do, Patrick? Great. Would you agree with that? 100%. Assessment of long neck giraffes? 
Okay. 100%. Because it might go the other way where the long neck ones are like, look, I got nothing to prove. You know, you know, I got the long neck. Don't mess don't with even me. Bother. I won't mess with you. But I don't, <laughs> the animal world isn't really like that. The biggest ones always kind of have this bully. Ma- That's the other thing about giraffes. If, if you have like an idealized notion of giraffes, maybe skip that part because, uh, <laughs> it's a doggy dog world for giraffes out there. Oh yeah, that brutal. No, they'll be fine brutal. before they even notice they're onto fighter jets. So it's like you, the show is going to capture either way. And the show again is Evolve. It's on Curiosity Stream. Uh, it's a fantastic show uh, that our our lovely neighborhood biologist here, uh, uh, Patrick, has hosted and put together. But Patrick, if there's anything else you want to tell people about or a, a message you want to send out, please do. Uh, I mean, you know, like you said, I, if you want to find out more about what I'm doing, um, you can catch me on Instagram. It's Patrick I A R Y W E. Um, you can, I'm going to be making a whole load of YouTube videos. I'm moving into YouTube content creation as of this year, which is going to be really exciting. You can follow me on, follow my channel, which is called Patrick goes wild. I'm hoping to do a few collaborations, um, on there i have a book also on biomimicry which is called 30 animals that made us smarter and I've, which actually comes out in the states i think in the next month or so which is great because it's been it's been released here in the uk um but we do have a u.s publisher who is really excited to to share that uh, so we're really excited to, to be able to share that book with um our u.s um uh, audience and friends uh, and then of course we have the, the show evolve which is on curiosity stream all six episodes are out now like literally there's something for everyone we've got cheetahs stories about squid ring teeth um synthesizing uh, squid protein in 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 vats using bacteria um namib beetles that collect water out of thin air on their backs which is going to help revolutionize uh, or help us in 2050 when two-thirds of the world's population potentially will be suffering from water scarcity uh the the fins of whales helping our wind turbines to become 30 percent more efficient just by adding the bumps that you see on the similar bumps um that you see on on humpback wow. whales uh literally we've got we've got so many amazing stories i think there's something in there for uh both kids and adults i would also say i would just add this kind of final thought which is for me when we think about the whole conversation around sustainability <clears throat> personally i think that we live in a world where like it or not money rules so we have to find new and innovative ways of 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 demonstrating the value you know we we might not like it but i think we we need to demonstrate the value of maintaining some of these wild spaces and preserving many of these uh species that that could potentially become extinct um and showing that there is a business case for that uh so in the case of the squid ring teeth that is that's a whole business which is which is um which hopefully is, is is going to flourish is going to help us have like stronger more biodegradable glues um and also biodegradable uh, and more easily producible um, squid ring teeth protein threads so now we're going to have clothes made out of the protein from squid um even with sharks sharks have these dermal denticles in their bodies that's what their skin's made out of, and it's really hard for bacteria to stick to them. This company called Sharklet has replicated that, and you can now coat your hospitals or, or, or healthcare centers in this material, which would then prevent bacteria from permanently sticking on it and also prevent them from replicating. So we can 
now you know we, we we're living in a kind of post-covid world right and 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 in a world where a pandemic can take us out at any point having that type of technology where every surface is kind of antibacterial um i think is amazing uh and yeah. so showing that business case i think is really important and that's what this show does it shows the true value of nature wow yeah i i second that um and uh i mean what an absolute pleasure to to have you on the show please come back anytime Thanks. uh I, I can't wait to watch the rest of evolve we can talk about every episode if you'd like will obviously you yes. are not invited anymore i thought you were rude but um <laughs> oh, poor will no no don't worry i love you will i love you will no, I love you too, uh, Will. Thank you, Patrick. I love you too. I, I, thank, I thank you. you for taking the time for doing the show. And I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Nice one. Thanks. Take care.